Hello, and welcome to the Gentle Living Podcast, a podcast for sensitive souls seeking to create a calm and gentle way of living. My name is Becky Corbett, a holistic nurse and highly sensitive person based in Melbourne, Australia. It is my mission to provide you with the information, resources, and tools that you need to nurture the nervous system using elements of science, spirituality, and intuition. I'm so happy to have you here. Hello, gentle soul, and welcome to episode number eight of the Gentle Living Podcast. As I'm recording this today, we have almost reached the end of 2020. I can't believe it. It feels as though this year has both flown by, but also dragged on at the same time. And I'm not sure if you're feeling the same way, but I've certainly learned so much more about myself this year, especially, and how important it has been to prioritize nurturing and taking care of my nervous system as a highly sensitive empath. I've always known this to one extent or another, but I think all the time in isolation, being more alone in my thoughts than usual, it's meant that I've really, really reassessed and reflected on things and how I function as a highly sensitive person. I've experienced some overwhelming moments of anxiety and stress, as I'm sure that we all have this year. But through walking my path of gentle living, I've become so much more attuned now to my needs as an HSP or a highly sensitive person. And I recognize when I need to take the time and the space to attend to these needs, which is something that I didn't do even just a few years ago. As HSPs or highly sensitive people, we do tend to put the needs of everyone else before ourselves. Especially if you come from a healthcare background such as nursing or any other health healing or helping professions or even as a parent as well. And before we know it, we're burnt out, overwhelmed and frazzled as though it's come out of absolutely nowhere. But it hasn't come out of nowhere. It's just that we have trouble recognizing it and interrupting the cycle. It's almost like we have a constantly rising thermostat within us and before we know it we can reach a threshold and this is when anxiety and panic take hold and this is certainly something I struggled with a lot in the past. So as we're in December now I I usually like to take this month to reflect on what has or hasn't gone so well and of course there's been a lot of reflecting to do especially because of the impact of this year and the reason I like to do it in December is so I can get some clear and meaningful intentions set for my new year. We often skip ahead to forming new year intentions without actually reflecting on where we've been and so something that's been on my mind and has been paramount within my gentle living journey has been really understanding myself as an HSP, knowing that my tolerance for things such as pressure, time constraints, socialization are so much lower than the average, I say that in inverted commas, the average person, because what is average anyway? But um, rather than picking, rather than pushing through this rather and demanding more of myself so that I can match up to being an average person, which I have done for most of my life, I've really embraced my unique needs as an HSP, which has facilitated so much more calm, groundedness, balance 
and overall harmony in my life and it's my passion and mission to support you to find the same as well if you're struggling navigating life as a highly sensitive person or you're experiencing overwhelming anxiety or panic because I understand what it's like and it's it's a horrible place to be in so today I just wanted to share with you some of the reflections that I've been having this month particularly around what it means to honor rather than resent being a HSP with a highly sensitive nervous system and my number one tool that I turn to when life does become quite overwhelming before I get started on all of that though I did want to quickly invite you to take advantage of the final days of my five-day gentle living challenge This is an absolutely free challenge that I created, which teaches you more about gentle living and how you can incorporate into your life. It's set over five days and it looks at connecting you with the elements of earth, air, fire, water and spirit, how you can nurture your nervous system by connecting with these elements. It also combines elements of science and spirituality, which is my style, and it aims to equip equip you with the tools that you need to ground balance and embrace your gifts as a highly sensitive person it's delivered as a guidebook and a series of emails across five days so you can start at any time at your own pace there's no stress or pressure to actually complete it in the five days but it will no longer be free as of december 31 it will be becoming a paid mini course so i invite you to jump in now sign up what have you got to lose i think that you have got everything to gain by trying out this challenge and it comes with a beautiful workbook that I spent a lot of time creating as well. So you can sign up at www.thegentlelivingnurse.com forward slash five day gentle living challenge and I'll also supply the link in the show notes. Okay let's get started. So with the turn of unprecedented events this year with time spent in isolation a lot of us have spent way more time with ourselves and our inner world than usual which as HSPs this is something that we're pretty familiar with anyhow but even more so and probably more intimately this year. I've noticed that self-care has become an increasingly popular topic especially this year I think because a lot of us have been home we've had the opportunity to have a look at what our needs are we've had the time and the space to be able to prioritize self-care but self-care for a highly sensitive is unique and an important part of HSP self-care is nurturing and supporting the nervous system. To be able to embrace the self-care that you truly need as a HSP though, it's essential to examine and understand what stresses are in your life that are actually creating the nervous system overload. We need to look at the root cause, right? Why you're becoming so stressed in the first place and whether it's the cumulative effect of a few stresses because like I said before you know it that thermostat is all of a sudden at boiling point. I will give you a personal example. When I used to be a hospital-based nurse I could go on to a shift feeling really grounded and balanced. I would credit myself for exercising that morning, getting up at a reasonable time if it was for an afternoon shift meditating, eating well and staying hydrated for that day. But then on shift I'd suddenly be communicating with 
many patients, their families, other staff members. I'd be making phone calls, running around, multitasking, expecting the unexpected as you do as a nurse. And before long, I would just become agitated, irritable, exhausted, anxious. And I felt like, whoa, where has this all come from all of a sudden? And even if I did manage to take a break with the time constraints of the shift, nothing really seemed to be helping. I just knew that I wanted out of there. I wanted to go and curl up in a dark room somewhere to escape the sensory overload, to get away from it all. And when I look back on that, I didn't have the insight as I do now about what it actually means to be a HSP, that my tolerance was actually much less than average and that I was doing nothing really to support that. Another example that you probably would relate to as well, being a highly sensitive, is the energetic toll of spending time socializing amongst large groups of people. I thrive when having meaningful and deep conversations one-to-one with someone where I can really dive in and explore deep topics with someone that I connect with. This actually energizes me and I suspect it's probably similar for you. However, when it comes to large social gatherings, even if it's 20 people of whom I absolutely adore the company of, I have a tolerance of perhaps three to four hours max until I begin to feel exhausted and I feel like I need that alone time to recharge. I think it's the combination of going between different conversations and picking up on different energies and not actually being able to go into depth in a conversation either. The conversations when you're with a big group of people tend to be a lot more superficial or just surface, which over time for a HSP can become so draining. And that's what can happen on a nursing shift. And that's what I didn't recognize was an issue at the time. You may have also felt this way and perhaps you've also felt a guilt for not being able to maintain social stamina, as I call it. Well, this isn't a fault. It's the way that we're just geared as HSPs. We can only take so much stimuli until the nervous system needs time out to reset and recharge. An aha moment occurred for me during an appointment with one of my clients, actually, in which we were discussing his fluctuating energy throughout the day. And he actually introduced me to what's known as spoon theory. I'm not sure if you've heard of this theory. I don't think it's really commonly known, but it's a theory which was actually developed by a lady called Christine Miserandino. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Who? So she lives with lupus, which is a chronic autoimmune disease, and this disease can often cause debilitating fatigue as well. She outlined that people living with chronic illness only have a certain amount of energy to expend each day, which can be represented by a spoon. And once that tolerance or the spoons have been expended, that's when absolute exhaustion kicks in. And so the key is to have an awareness of how many spoons you've got and to be able to allocate them wisely. Although spoon theory was developed to acknowledge the challenges of living with a chronic illness, this theory really deeply resonated for me. I'm certainly not saying that being highly sensitive is an illness by any means. To the contrary, I believe it is my superpower and I believe it is yours too if you identify as being a HSP. 
But to nurture sensitivity as a superpower, it's essential that we can see that our tolerance for sensory stimulation, whether that be socializing, exposure to noise, multitasking, etc., it is finite. And when we push beyond that, we face overwhelm, panic, anxiety, and meltdowns. I touched more on ways to balance your energy throughout the day in a previous episode, episode six, I believe. So if you're interested and you haven't listened to that episode and you'd like to know a little bit more about strategies to balance your energy throughout the day, I'd suggest to go and have a listen to episode six. But really understanding spoon theory or the notion that we can only tolerate so much before we need a break has been paramount in supporting my own self-care and also tailoring support to my clients who might experience anxiety, panic and overwhelm. However, what do you do when you have expended all of your spoons or you feel like you don't even have the choice to save your spoons, such as was the case for me in my hospital nursing days. I couldn't exactly just walk out in the midst of an emergency or tell a doctor that something had to wait. This is why HSPs often burn out. We give beyond realizing that all our spoons have been expended. This is where you really need to tailor your self-care. And I'm not talking about preventative self-care like healthy eating, green smoothies, yoga, all that stuff is fantastic. But it doesn't necessarily help you when you are in the midst of burnout or melting down. Self-care to ease and rebalance the nervous system back to equilibrium. So this is a form of self-care when you're already overwhelmed and it is the practice of self-soothing. Self-soothing is a form of self-care that grounds, centers and calms you when you're feeling physically and or emotionally overwhelmed. I see it as nurturing yourself and your nervous system as you would do a distressed child, loved one or pet. In fact, if you do find yourself in a state of burnout or overwhelm, it's helpful to ask yourself, if I was turning up to myself as a child, a loved one or a pet, what would I do to soothe them? As a highly sensitive, I doubt that you just tell them to suck up and push on through So why do you do this to yourself? Why do we do this to ourselves? Like I said, there's instances that you do need to keep persevering, such as my hospital nursing example. There's a time and a place. But remember that whatever situation or scenario you're in, it will eventually end. It's not going to last forever. And immediately after being in a really stressful or overwhelming situation, you absolutely need to prioritize self-soothing and rebalancing your nervous system. Self-soothing is anything which relieves the stress on your nervous system. So it may not be the things that you usually equate with self-care, such as exercise, but it could be something more like a gentle walk, or it may not be something like jumping straight onto the phone to a friend. Whether we realize it or not, we all self-soothe in healthy and unhealthy ways. The overwhelm and intense emotions and thoughts we experience as highly sensitives can often mean that we do adopt more unhealthy strategies in an attempt to self-soothe. 
And these strategies are often more distractions in an attempt for escapism of this discomfort. And this is something I am so super familiar with. I was always so uncomfortable with actually feeling that discomfort that I would be, I would just want to numb it altogether. For example, my number one self-soothing strategy when I was a burning out nurse was wine. It worked quickly, it helped to dissolve my overwhelm quickly, and it enabled me to temporarily forget and completely disengage from that stress. Of course, this came with the rebound effect of even worse anxiety, which then became a vicious cycle. Other attempts of self-soothing for highly sensitives, which are more like escapism, include things such as binge eating, binge watching movies on Netflix, mindlessly scrolling social media, uh, dependence on medication, which do not get me wrong, medications are absolutely essential for some people's recovery and well-being journey. But although some of these attempts to self-soothe may seem pleasurable at the time, they never really feel completely restorative or satisfying, and they can often make us feel even more exhausted. Ideally, good self-soothing is deeply restorative and relaxing, allowing you to recharge your batteries. Healthy self-soothing is not necessarily a quick fix either, but something that really needs to be implemented regularly and consistently over time. The way I self-soothe and equalize my nervous system now looks completely different than what it did just a few years ago when wine was my number one go-to. Now with my awareness of my finite energy as an HSP and drawing upon spoon theory, I can much easier identify when my energy may be waning and when it may be time to say no or to reassess my commitments. For example, on a weekend, one social event is more than enough. I know that if I have a few social events lined up, I'm probably going to feel really exhausted and burn out by the end of the week, weekend. But when I can't, when I have to, when I do have commitments that I do need to fulfill, I have a backup plan and that is my personal menu of self-soothing strategies to rebalance my nervous system after feeling overwhelmed. And I'd like to share my top how many is there? There's eight. Eight strategy eight self-soothing strategies that I like to use. Number one is solitude. Spending time alone in a quiet space to recenter myself and regather my thoughts. This allows me time away from stimulation and helps to restore my senses. Number two is a quiet environment. So getting away from noisy or overly bright and congested places, for instance, shopping centers are a no-go for me. I find them to be really stressful. That So quiet, quiet environment for me is more likely in my bedroom or in my garden or in a really nice, peaceful park. Number three is naps. Particularly if I'm feeling physically as well as emotionally drained, a nap can really help to replenish my energy and shift my exhaustion. Number four is hot tea. Mindfully drinking a cup of hot tea is always so soothing 
for you, I'd recommend a non-alcoholic beverage of your choice, preferably non-caffeinated as well, although I know tea does have caffeine in it, but something that's going to make you feel quite soothed and calm and grounded. Number five is gentle music. I don't necessarily always need complete silence and sometimes just having some soft background music such as a gentle piano is so soothing. Number six is my weighted blanket. I was a little skeptical about getting a weighted blanket. I know that it had been absolutely hyped up, but I did buy one this year after reading about the benefits and how it can help to ground you. And I find that it really does. Just laying underneath my weighted blanket, even for a few minutes, helped, helps to really calm me down. Number seven is a warm bubble bath or a shower. Spending time in water is particularly soothing for highly sensitives. It just helps to cleanse away any stagnant or negative energy. And number eight is massage and soft touch. This is one of my absolute favorites. Getting a massage, even just from my partner, is so incredibly soothing. It helps me to come out of my mind and into my body. And being a highly sensitive, we are very sensitive to touch and positive touch, loving touch, like massage is so incredibly soothing. It's funny, when I look back and review these eight strategies, they are also mostly strategies that would soothe a crying baby. And it just affirms the power of actually taking self-soothing practices back to basics. You can definitely get more fancy and consider things like flotation tanks, which I haven't actually tried, but I have heard mixed things about. Some people love them, some people hate them. But most importantly, just start considering what things soothe you. What things can you implement without having to think about them too much? Because when you're in the moment of overwhelm or exhaustion, the last thing you want to do is think of ways of how to soothe yourself. And that's where we fall into the trap of falling into quick fixes like alcohol or binge eating or scrolling social media mindlessly. I thought as well talking about self-soothing at this time of year just as we're heading into or we're in the midst of the festive season might be quite helpful because there is a lot of sensory overload I find around the festive period. There's a lot of social events on, there's a lot of noises, there's more people around than usual and it may be that this month you do need to practice a bit more self-soothing than usual and that is completely fine. That is just what you need to nurture your nervous system. I'm curious to know, gentle soul, do you practice a form of self-soothing, whether it is helpful or unhelpful? Please do let me know. What does it look like for you? You can get in touch with me directly at Becky, B-E-C-K-Y, at thegentlelivingnurse.com. And we can have a bit more of a discussion around self-soothing practices and what might be tailored to your needs. Otherwise, you can find me on Instagram, reach out at thegentlelivingnurse. But this was just a short and sweet episode for you today. I hope that it's been helpful. If it has been, please do hit subscribe so that you can be notified of my new episodes as they drop each week. And I'd absolutely love and appreciate your feedback and comments. I like to know if someone's listening out there, how you're finding it, if there's anything specific that you'd like me to discuss to support your needs as a highly sensitive soul. 
please do get in touch. I'll leave my contact details in the show notes. Also visit my website www.thegentlelivingnurse.com where you can find more information about gentle living and how it can support you. I've been starting to blog a little bit more recently as well, which I cover topics that I feel would be helpful for others and just talk a little bit more about my journey too. But otherwise, be sure to take care of yourself, gentle soul, and I look forward to speaking with you again next episode.